Geeks. Geeks. Hello and welcome to Geeks, the world's number one entertainment <laughs> podcast recorded in this room. Um, this week, the rumor in question is a strange multi-tiered, uh, multi-tiered, yeah, uh, flat in London next to Leicester Square. This is one of our special casts, not a regular. Uh, you can actually get a regular podcast on Tuesday. I think Nate and Alex are covering it this week in LA. Uh, I'm your host, Al White. I don't like anthology movies. I've never seen 2001 and I once stuck a pencil into a girl's butt cheek as a kid. Sort of by accident, sort of not. I was very young, so don't judge me. And she still doesn't forgive me for it. Um, yeah, so we just got out of Fright Fest. I have a bunch of people in the room with me. Uh, to my left is Katie Watson. It's all over. Uh, directly opposite <laughs> me, scribbling furiously, is Thomas McCann. Hi, I'm still drunk off my milkshake. <laughs> <laughs> and to my right is Chris Traver. Hello. So tired. <laughs> <laughs> and sitting on the sofa reclining are Russell and Anna. How are you guys? Hey, I think we can just about here. <laughs> I think we can just about here. Um, all right. So there's, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, Fright Fest is a yearly festival. It's in its 16th year. Sorry, seven, how many years now has it been going? 2000 was the first. This is 16th year. Um, uh, we've been, well, yeah, me and Russell going for 13 years. I missed out one year. Tom's been going for how many years? This now? was my 10th. 10th years. Yeah. Um, Katie's couple of years. Two. Yeah. Chris has been, uh, well, sporadically last year. This was your first four years, wasn't it? Yeah, first full time. Yeah. And Anna, how many years have you been? This is my sixth. Six. So there you go. You got a good, a good pedigree. Um, yeah, and Fright Fest is one of the world's best uh, horror festivals, but I would say it's a cult festival now because it does thriller films. It does just those genre films. You can just get pure action sometimes, kung fu, um, but it tries to focus on horror films, uh, all new stuff. Its history is uh, long and spotted, so I'm not going to get into that here because it'll come for fucking ages. Um, suffice to say, it's a little bit messy these days I find because they have to split the main films over three screens because unfortunately the cinemas we're in now can't can't take the capacity of of people who now flood in for it so you get three screens the movies in a different order each day shuffling times but it's still good I still really love it I still enjoy it. I still enjoy it. once you I find the first few couple of films now the cinema is small enough where everyone feels a little bit self-conscious and then they gradually relax into it and, you know, from then on, you do have the camaraderie that makes Fright Fest special. I would agree with that. I think it's lost some of the community over the years, naturally, as it's moved into the three screens, um, which is unavoidable, I guess. Um, and I heard, overheard some guys on the way into our screen saying that they'd spoken to the organizers and they were like, they'd said that one of the screens just never gets any reaction. I'm assuming it's the Arrow screen that we were in last year. Oh, yeah, so that small. was pretty, yeah. Yeah, so they are aware yeah. that some of the screens sort of react to some films more than more, more than most and whatever It's just else. awkward. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's unfortunate, um, but it's never going to go back. So we no. just kind of have to embrace what it still is. Yeah, it's still fucking great. Don't get me wrong. I feel there was a golden age, um, but yeah, it's still I fucking fantastic. Um, and lots well, and lots of fun. I just out from the sofa that Aristotle thought there was a golden age, which was like 20 years before he lived. <laughs> Hey, yeah, yeah, but we've got to at least live through the golden age. It's not like we're harking back to something that we weren't around for. <coughs> um, uh, yeah, and no, it was cool this year. We had some good guests, a lot of directors. They said how many? 200 or something ridiculous? Yeah, 300. 300, 300 or something. Crazy amount of people, like directors that. and producers and actors turned up. Uh, Jonathan Ross actually turned up so, as a nice surprise to kickstart the festival, which was cool. Um, and very tragically today, because I don't really uh, want to talk too much about it, but we do have to pay respects because Wes Craven passed away this morning on our final day. Um, at Fright Fest, um, so there was a slightly solemn um, 
shadow over everything today. And there but was a guy dressed up as Freddy Krueger in our screen. Oh, oh was there? Really? Yeah. Mm. Oh. No. There you go. Yeah. Or, or else it was actually Freddy Krueger. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure it was a guy dressed up. It's a nice tribute, though, to hear some of the, you know, the people who had put it together, their reactions to the news, and then, you know, their relationship with Wes Craven as a director and a filmmaker and what yeah. that meant to them. And so it was kind of a... Uh, you know, albeit bittersweet, but an interesting mood to end on. Yeah. With the with the. Well, he was. You know, yeah. Festival. I mean, Wes Craven, sincere respect. Honestly, one of the very very few true horror masters, and apparently a very very nice man. So, a real loss. Um, okay, so what we're going to do is what we haven't done in years, which is go through all of the movies. And we literally just come out of the festival right now, about, well, 20 minutes ago or whatever. Um, so we're going to go, there's 25 films to get through. So we're actually going to split this into two <laughs> podcasts um, and we're going to rally through them as quickly as possible. So it started on Thursday, 27th of August. First film up was uh, the opening film. <laughs> uh, makes me want to laugh, just want to say it was Cherry Tree. Worst opening film The Fright Fest ever. Without a doubt. Yep. The worst opening Fright Fest film ever. Russell, uh, Russell you you're a man on the computer today, okay? So can you be in the Fright Fest wiki the whole time so if we need to harken back to anything? <laughs> can you corroborate that that is indeed the <laughs> worst Fright Fest opening film? I think that's a safe bet, though. Um, fuck, they used to open with incredible films they really did. Didn't they open with them um, a really bad UK one once with Emily okay. Booth in it? Wasn't there one that really... <laughs> Stop saying Octane all the time. It wasn't that bad. Wasn't there one about aliens or something once with them? Evil Beth? aliens. Yeah. Was I don't think that was film? opening. It was opening, it was opening night. night. Yeah, yeah, that it was, was opening, opening night. Okay. But not that opening. Um, and still so arguably Octane better. 2003, FYI. <laughs> um, anyway. Before was Old Boy. Yeah. opening? They opened yeah. with Old Boy, Shit. followed it with Switchblade Romance, known as High Tension um, in America. And then, unfortunately, Toolbox Murders remake by Toe Pooper, uh. which was a piece of shit. Um, anyway, we're talking about Cherry Tree. Um, <laughs> so we'll go around the table really quickly, give our marks, and then if we want to talk about it, we will. Uh, this is a British film. No, it's Irish. No, Irish film, I mean. So, well, yeah. Okay. Mm. Um, it's about witches. And uh, I don't want to talk about it too much. I gave it a three, and that was being pretty generous. Um, I'm trying to recall it now. Anything <laughs> that I found worth <laughs> uh, discussing. I thought the lead was pretty good. What do you give it, Katie? I gave it a four. And Tom? I give it a two, and uh, as an Irish person, I'm embarrassed by it, because <laughs> there's a lot of good Irish filmmakers, and that was just yep. shit, yeah. drab, yep. boring, really uh, weird uninspired. Well. Just Big story. Nah, just, not for me. Yeah. Chris, what would you give that film? I, uh, I haven't done any ratings. So well, you're going to do it right now, dude. <laughs> you're on, on a 20-point um, scale of a 10-point scale. I'd give it a four. Four? Yeah. Oh, wow. All yeah. right. Well... I know. Now I feel like I'm being generous. No. You told me before my ratings were really harsh, and so I didn't What do you give? You gave four? Yeah. four. Well, I would, yeah. Yeah. Well, what kind of offended me about it as well is that, you know, the guy is, is an Irish guy, uh, an Irish director, um, and it was clearly filmed in Ireland, because, mm-hmm. but they all spoke with English accents, yeah. and it was kind of yeah. set, meant to be set in some English town. It was bizarre. Which is fine, until you go have a scene set in a supermarket, and all the prices are clearly in euros. <laughs> I was, that was very confusing, yeah. I mean, I is that how it is in Ireland? Are they in euros? And yeah, Southern Ireland's um, euros, yeah. Oh, of course, yeah. 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 I never thought about it. Um, <laughs> anyway, that was Cherry Tree. I would say miss it, and I don't really want to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. Don't someone, about someone it. in this room liked it more than the rest of us, though. Anna, Anna liked, you liked it. it. Yeah. yeah. What do you give it, though, out of 10? When you say you liked it, I like a five. Five. I liked okay. It else did, so. The thing yeah. is, yeah. it was 
I'm trying to fuck. I am trying to recall. Had now. centipedes. It had a lot of centipedes. And in it. I like yeah, centipedes. she was, was trying to keep her like her dad was sick with cancer and he was gonna die and her oh, yeah. gym teacher yeah. all of a sudden oh. was a witch and had a basement and yeah and weird. you had that wonderful turning point in the movie where they're walking down some steps and she suddenly yeah. goes out and we love the devil and this thing happens and we do all Fight these rituals away. and just come into my room yeah. <laughs> like fucking bail straight yeah. away. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, is was, this is this a spoiler podcast? Uh, no, I'd like to not really, but I don't. I don't think anyone should care about that. Right, okay, so sure. yeah. We yeah. can spoil the films. Spoil the films so right. that you won't okay. see them. Yeah, be in mind yeah. the films that you should go and check out. We won't spoil. Right. Uh, yeah. We'll yeah. Um, yeah, that was one of those movies where too much money was just given to people with no talent. Because <laughs> there were bits in that where you could see, you know what, the crew's got some talent. Um, what? Comment from the sofa. Russell, Russell's waving. Started with the dead two, India. 2012. Oh, that, that's the one I missed, isn't it? That year. That's the year I missed. Yeah, I'm, it, it was. It was. A, it was a thing that happened. That was one. Of <laughs> it was a thing that happened. I. I haven't still oh. seen the Dead Two, so it's going to be in your jury's corner. Is the Dead Two or Cherry Tree? Which one's worse? I would rather see Cherry Tree again. You'd wow. rather see Cherry okay. Tree. I'm guessing Alice about to say the same. Fuck. All right, so we're, we're, we're wrong. Mm-hmm. 2012 was the worst opening. I mean, it did set the theme of what seemed to be the theme of Frances, yeah. which was demon pregnancies. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. basically demons in general. Was and there knee-high socks? And knee-high knee socks. socks. Oh, there was yeah. 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 I have knee-high socks. So every... Bikes. What? Yeah, and bicycles. Oh, and bikes. That's right. Lots of bikes. So every yeah. year at Fright Fest, it's fun to see the themes which are carried across. Not really because people write that. People write everything else every year, but just the films that are getting greenlit for whatever reason. And this year, they were <laughs> definite, definite trends. Um, mm-hmm. All right. The second film on opening night was Turbo Kid, which was a preview. Yeah. I don't know what that really means. Um, yeah. I guess it's just before it comes oh, to cinema and digital. He and said it was stuff. hitting the States. Like now. It just hit, I think, the states. Yeah, yeah just now. Awesome. Um, I fucking, I fucking really enjoyed this film. Um, yeah. I, I gave it eight. What do you give it? Kate? I gave it an eight as well. Hmm. I give it a seven point five. <laughs> just, just because I, I don't, I, I, no I really, eight. I really enjoyed it. Um, but it just lacked something. I guess I don't mm. know. It just didn't quite. No, I can understand that. Push me over the line, so yeah. to speak. Mm-hmm. Chris, what do you give it? I'd give it an eight as well. Yeah, I um, I really enjoyed the music as well. Yeah. yeah, the music's great. Yeah. So the music <laughs> continued that trend at the moment of eighties, you know, synth yeah. um, resurgences in movies, and I think this had one of the best ones. It started with a proper kind of Transformers rock tune as well, which was fucking <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. It was a pure throwback, though. I mean, do you think? I mean, it's such such a cl- um, you know clear reference to eighties nostalgia. Yeah. Like, do you think you have to sort of have lived through that or have enjoyed that to kind of well, this to is, get okay. it? Or is, like, is there going to be a younger crowd who just think, "What is this? What is this?" Well, we're going to get we're going to get to this in a second, actually, because okay. that's what I want to discuss. Because um, this movie is technically it's set in 1997, but there was a post. It's an post apocalyptic 1997 where everything's kind of frozen from the 80s, um, and it's really I would describe it as Mad Max meets Napoleon Dynamite kind of feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of 80s, not just references, but just nostalgia to things. Um, the It's obviously very cheap, but the uh, just the passion that's gone into it and the art design is wonderful. Like spaceships mm. are made out of upturned milk crates and things like oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> um, that but yeah, and I feel, yeah, they could have pushed it a little bit further. It could have had a little bit more inventiveness in it, but just the charm of it won me over. Personally. Yeah, but that, I think that could be done. It was, I mean, it was quite low budget, wasn't it? I mean, it's yeah. all set in one... I've so no idea how much, but definitely under. I think cause they they said they alluded to it, didn't they? At the in the Q and A, I think it was under a million. I think. But, uh, I think so. Um, but Chris is the youngest of us by far. Yeah. So Chris, you were born in the nineties. Ninety-one. There you go. So you went around <laughs> for the eighties. So I asked you this as soon as we left the cinema yeah. of a movie like that, which clearly is done for you know it has a lot of nostalgic feel for people my age. 
how is it for you? How do you feel about the you know, Rubik's Cubes and all the 80s clothes and music and all that stuff? I personally love it. Yeah. I, I, I obviously don't have any personal reference <laughs> to the 80s, but um, no, I, I love that theme. Because that? that's yeah. what I was wondering. Because in the 90s, it was really resurgent in England. Anyway, was it 60s or 70s stuff? Because I remember wearing stuff and listening to stuff, and my parents were always, <laughs> oh, Jesus, you're listening, wearing the same stuff we wore. And, but if you weren't born in that era, I think you don't care, really. It's just that's what it is for you now. And I think there's enough 80s stuff regurgitated now that it's just what it is. It's Have you ever yeah. made a mixtape, Chris? <laughs> No, no, I haven't. Have you ever listened to a Walkman? <laughs> yes, I have. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Was it yours? Yeah. <laughs> Did you steal it, it off mine. a child? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I don't think it necessarily <clears throat> matters because if you get a film like this, it's so it, it's so on its sleeve, it so fully embraces mm-hmm. the eighties. Mm. It could be the eighties, it could be the seventies, it could be the sixties, it could be anything. But it's really it's always quite satisfying to see a movie that completely just wholeheartedly hundred percent you know grabs on to something like that. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, really yeah. represents it really well in an interesting way. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. There was so much care taken in, in all of it. And plus it is it is incredibly violent, but in a very, very fun way. It's a it had some of the best laughs, I think. Yeah, yeah. it had the best deaths of the weekend. Yeah. It had some yeah. really yeah. great torture yeah. devices. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Real good ones. <laughs> One with the bicycle. What was it? Forty oh, gallons of fake blood. Yeah, that's what yeah. he said. Yeah. And Michael Ironside as well. Yeah. Yep. And the lead lady's called Lawrence LeBeouf. I'm presuming she's no. Uh, oh yeah. Um, relation to Shia. Shia. <laughs> Shia. 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 She does have the crazy eyes. She definitely <laughs> had the crazy eyes. The makeup helped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then that was followed. The late night film on opening night was Stung. Uh, a UK premiere. It's a. We eventually realized it was set in America, mm-hmm. but I yeah. was really confused as to where it was set for a long it time because oh, the accents were all over the place. Um, it has Lance Henriksen in it and Clifton Collins Jr., which is bewildering. It's, it's a, a German, German film, German. though. Yeah. Um, uh, <coughs> thankfully, brief. It was about eighty-five minutes long, and this is a proper bug <laughs> film. It's um, it's yeah, another one of films that's got quite a lot of money um in it. Or enough money to make. It's done by oh, the guy who did visual effects for some really big films. I'm forgetting who it was, but this is his directorial debut. Um, I thought it was all right. I gave it five or a five point five. I gave it a five. Yeah, it was awkwardly directed. I, in my opinion, there were some very long pauses that yeah. were just had oh, no yeah. sound, yeah. Yeah, no yeah, yeah, dialogue, yeah. Yeah. no nothing really happening. Weird. Not it was really strange. Not to be not to not to risk sounding racist because I'm really not. But there's a there's a line when you are directing people in a different language from yourselves and you notice it so often with films and horror films and then you look it up and you find oh the director's actually German or he's from a different (laughs) country and there is definitely a line of they're not necessarily the best at directing people speaking a different language than theirs as we wouldn't be if I directed a German speaking film Tom what do you give it? I give it a 5 just completely average you know late night creature feature could have been stupider funnier gorier but it could have been a lot worse I think at least two of those points probably attributed to the leading guy who I really liked oh yeah he he was was right. he was very watchable and sort of charismatic yeah. rest the cast less so Clifton Collins you know was embarrassing himself who's yeah. he he's the the sort of hunchback uh, kid in the oh room. yeah yeah because yeah. he's oh, he used to be in some incredible films he was in Tigerland for fuck's sake Pacific Rim and Pacific Rim <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah alright well maybe not. Um, Chris what would you give it uh, yeah, I'd go average five five yeah, we're all agreeing too much. This is they obviously spent a lot of money on like, visual effects. But, uh, yeah, he knew his way. The visual effects were great, actually, and the combination of CGI and um, practical was cool. It was just, if it really reminded me of, uh, I think I said something came out of, now straight to DVD films mean nothing because a film like Turbo Kid could go straight to DVD. It Follows yeah. could have gone straight to DVD. Instead, it blew up. But um, 
it used to mean this kind of film. It was a film where, yeah, it's not quite good enough <laughs> to yeah. go to yeah. cinemas, but it was all right. Yeah, it was fine. Cool poster. I like the poster. Day two, Friday, 28th. Uh, we started... Oh, fuck, I've got these in the wrong order because I'm looking Landman. at everything. Yeah, Landmine yeah. just click. Here we go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Awful start to the oh, day. Yeah. So this is a film, a European <laughs> premiere. We've had a lot of people on Twitter and just uh, wandering around the festival saying they loved this film. So Landmine goes click. Landmine yeah. goes full. click. Yeah. And this was the director of... Uh, Russell... <laughs> what else did <laughs> Who's the director of Landmine? Okay, you get on that while we talk about direct. it for a second. How does it say here? Uh, no, not what he's directed. Anyway, this is about three American tourists who are crossing the desolate mountains. I'm just going to read this out. In the formerly war-torn Republic of Georgia, uh, Daniel has proposed to Alicia and has asked Chris to be his best man, so they stop to take a celebration photograph. But Chris steps to the right and onto a landmine. From that moment on, Chris cannot move or he's dead, but then secrets are revealed, dark motives uncovered, an outside threat appears, and a real nightmare unfolds um i give this two i give it a one i absolutely detest detested this film yeah mm-hmm. and it was weird because it was the one i was most looking forward to yeah yeah Chris, it had promise i'll just average out and go two <laughs> yeah. so this film tom do you want to talk about it first uh, not really i mean i it, it it i like high concept movies in general so you know three people in the woods in the middle of nowhere one steps in the landmine what do you do? Like right. that's that's uh, sign me up. I'll watch that. that sounds awesome. Any, yeah, anytime I watch that, and th- it, that's, that's obviously how it starts. And then, I mean, not to give spoilers away, but it just it very quickly just turns into a lengthy, tedious, almost torture porn esque um, parade of just increasingly depressing and misogynistic uh, scenes and. Yeah. Uh, sequences and it just it just just was through and you're you're through the worst of it and it's over then it just starts just up all over again basically yeah. much repeats the whole thing all over again again without giving any spoilers but i just thought it was disgusting yeah um i hated it yeah just uh, so this was one of those films though where it started off and i just thought it wasn't a good film but it, you know the idea was fine and i just it, it's pretty much all set in a little grassy patch and that, but it pretty <laughs> much is most the yeah, majority basically. of it is just in a little hilltop and that's it not really you know anything nice to look at um and then it's just kind of boringly done it feels a bit staid and and as you said it was a whiteboard film where they just stood around and decided hey what high concept ideas could we do that would make money um and it felt that passionless in terms of how it was approached and then it gets into a bunch of titillation which yeah okay it's, you know you, i can see people having problems with it but i don't really i don't personally i don't care um and then it got into incredibly long and awkward um, sexual, um, yeah, rape, basically. <laughs> I'm trying to find a way around <laughs> it. There's no way around it. Sexual, yeah. Uh, which was the most gratuitously long, pointless, horribly shot, which is offensive on a whole different level. Yeah. Um, yeah, section of, of the movie. And then they put it to this sad music as if that made it worthwhile and mean, meaningful, which was even more offensive. And I've sp- I've spent yeah what, what a fucking over a decade now going to these screenings and you see a lot of weird shit at Fry First. I've never once felt awkward in front of that crowd because they're the most yeah. accepting crowd you can watch films with. I felt so awkward. I just wanted to walk out because I was embarrassed and I was embarrassed yeah. that the director was in the room, um, presumably because he introduced the film. Maybe not. Maybe he runs away. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just, it was embarrassing. And then from then onwards, it just got worse because then it gets into this, a different section of the film, which if, I'm, I don't know, 
yeah, I guess we won't spoil it. <laughs> um, but where they do nothing with it and instead where they go <laughs> is, yeah, to an even more inappropriate and misogynistic and just embarrassingly awkward uh, I find it really tedious, like the whole thing. Like, so a stranger shows up and he's, you don't know whether he's there to help or not. And he keeps offering assistance if they do something for him. So, oh, I'll give you, I'll help you dig this hole if you... Um, say sorry or say hello to my dog or fucking you know take off a shoe and this this sequence <laughs> that's how good this film is and this and this cycle just continues and you know okay we get it we you know we see where this is going it just repeats this whole and this guy's clearly a dick and they, he rather than just tell him to fuck off and just I'll dig this hole myself you can leave now just this parade this, this ongoing cycle like we know where it's going and you feel like the director's trying to string you along as if it's really, you know, high tension and everything's, but you just, it's just really unnecessary, boring, tedious. But that's the thing, when it's going through that section, it's just a bad movie, yeah. but they're doing this kind of thing where you're thinking, well, at least it's interesting that he's doing everything. He's not actually touching her. He's just pushing them into situations where they feel obliged to do the slightly, well, in a, well highly inappropriate things <laughs> that he's requesting of them. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's, it's weird and it's not well made, but, at least it seemed like they had an interesting attack on it. And then just out of the blue, he decides I'm just going to rape her. And all of the kind of interesting yeah. tension that was there in that scene is just diffused immediately. And from it just gets worse and worse and worse. I just don't understand how an actor or an actress in this case can read a script like that and say, I want to be a part of this. Yeah. And I don't understand yeah. how anyone can read into that film and see something that is positive for women out of it in any form. Like he just took women and turned them I know but no, just yeah, the, the way that he <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's how he feels about women or what he was trying to say with that but it just it made me sick right. it made me even thinking about it now I just it makes me feel nauseous anyway from it's horrible here Yes, <laughs> exactly. If you can't hear, Russell feels intellectually violated. Yeah. But a big so smile on his face. <laughs> <laughs> so not sexually raped, mentally raped. Russell's Russell's yeah. been made yeah. mentally raped and he likes it. Oh. The of things. Um, so just to be clear... <laughs> If I listened to a podcast and I heard them go on this much about a film, I would then feel I need to go and check it out. Please don't. Um, no, and if don't. you are, please do it legally and don't give it any money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the next film that day was The Diabolical, uh, which was a UK premiere. This is from the producers of The Pact and The Divide. Um, it was fairly high budget. It was like... So it's the first time at Fry Fest where the title of a movie was the review of the movie that preceded it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so this is a film uh, starring Ali Carter, um, and it's it's uh, like a lot of films this year. There were kind of you know twists and turns and stuff, and a lot of genre twists as well and things. Um, but this is I don't know, I don't really know how to describe it. It's kind of a haunted house film with a twist, I yep. suppose. Um, yeah. I gave it a six. Katie, what do you give it? Six point five. I gave it a five. It's just fairly yep. average. Well, listen, I, um, Chris, what do you give it? I go six. Yeah. Because, yeah, I remember I was enjoying it quite a bit and then the ending got really muddled and I thought it was shit at the end of the But yeah. then a day later I couldn't remember what it was. So I yeah. kind of find yeah. it difficult to rate after that. I think it's weird. One of these ones like you kinda I appreciate you know, if a guy does something different, tries something different with it, then you mm-hmm. kinda always think, Okay, well fair enough, I gotta give you some, you know, credit points for that. Yeah. But I, yeah, just it didn't really come off for me. I think again, like the her central performance made it yeah. much more watchable. She yeah, she was good. Ali Carter was good. And um, Ali, so Ali Lada, Ali Lada uh, was good, and I thought the direction was pretty good. the 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 practical visual effects were superb. I thought um, yeah, they were the really the the digital visual effects not so much. 
Um, and yeah, I thought it was good. It had a bold um, decision that it makes with it, which was refreshing. Um, I didn't necessarily like where they went with that in the end, but but it was a bit different and it was fine. It was a kind of, yeah. Misleading know. title though. Like don't call your film the dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, if it's um, not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just got a reply to a text from my mum, so if anyone else <laughs> has anything else to say about that, feel free. <laughs> Yeah, hello. <laughs> I'm trying to remember, what was her kid like in that one? Was it a good kid actor? Wasn't there two kids? Yeah, two. Were there two? Yeah. yeah I can't. Oh, yeah, she had no. the angry kid. Oh, yeah, the little girl was really good. Her son was the angry one, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. 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 They beat people up. Yeah. yeah. It's a really good... His science exploded all over the wall. He's like, I'm doing science. I know. <laughs> you can only know that if I'm writing it on the wall. <laughs> Until then, it's not science. Okay, uh, my mum has been texted, we can move on. The next film on Friday was the European premiere. No, it wasn't. I meant doing these. Uh, hold up. What, which one was it? We are still here. The London premiere of Hellions. Yeah. yeah. Oh, fuck, is that where we are? Jesus, yeah. yeah. The London oh, premiere yeah. of Hellions, sorry. Yeah. Uh, so this film is from the director of Pontypool, which was on one of the Discovery screens, one of the little uh, uh, yeah, uh, alternative screens you can go to at FriFest, which we tend to not stray into. Um, I loved Pontypool a lot, uh, but it had a great central theme to it and the direction was solid um this uh didn't have such a good like synopsis to it i give this a 6.5 which was this was probably one of the two hardest films for me to rate this year uh what do you give it katie i give it a five thomas i give it a four and christopher i go five yeah I feel like I would have given a lot more had I been stoned while I was watching it. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. the whole movie is just a trip, and I, I can't give it more. I didn't, I didn't enjoy it, uh, but I found it quite boring. Other than the first sort of twenty minutes, which were interesting, then it just goes batshit crazy, yeah. uh, like a like a fever dream, uh, <laughs> which you know. So I, I think I give it more points uh, because I kind of at least appreciate that, and visually it kind of tried to do some weird stuff and. You know, a bit trippy and a bit different, and it wasn't just by the numbers, but I didn't find it fairly boring. Uh, Katie. So this was starring Robert Patrick and Rachel Wilson and Chloe Rose. Just to get Which that. one was which? Who was the lead? I'm guessing Chloe Rose because she's first build. Right on. She was good. Um, I found her character interesting. However, uh, yeah, it's kind of like what Tom said, where I enjoyed it at the beginning, and then it turned into like an acid trip that I didn't know <laughs> head from tails and I didn't know who I was supposed to be empathizing with. And then it kind of all just got mashed into three different stories. And I don't know, like yeah. the, the aggressors weren't believable. Um, it, I didn't know if it was trying to make fun of itself or not, or if I was trying to be scared or it was, if it was trying to scare me or not. And I didn't, I was confused. Yeah, the problem I have with acid trip films like that is like I, you never know where you are. It's like, right. am I halfway through here or is this near the end? Is because the pacing yeah. just is is gone. gone. And I think yeah. that yeah. that's kind of exacerbated when you're in a festival. So you know, where you're yeah, acutely yeah. aware of how long every film films is. Films yeah, and, and you stuff. start to realize, you know, you notice the beats in the movies, yeah. and you know, when mm-hmm. you're halfway through or whatever else, and then you get something like this, and it's like I have I've lost. I have no idea what's going yeah. on. This right. could go on for yeah. three more hours. Like, yeah, <laughs> like exactly. Well. Um, if you're wondering why we're not talking about the stories, because it's very difficult to talk about the story. <laughs> but basically, baby. there's a girl who yeah gets pregnant, um, and then it's on Halloween, isn't it? Night, yes. and then um, yeah, she's waiting for a boyfriend to arrive to take her out to a party, and instead a bunch of sort of monstrous um, trick or treaters turn up, and then the night goes very surreal. And they won. Yeah. Yeah. I found it an interesting exploration of some things, but it was so lacking structure that yeah. Um, 
If this is just dead air right now, Russell said he's finding it interesting themes <laughs> for the lack of structure. Um, and uh, there's bicycles involved again. There were bicycles. And demon babies, yeah. And demon babies. Yeah. yeah. Um, and knee high socks. And knee high socks. Like, yeah. I didn't like that it went completely, the, the palette changed. So you had this lovely, colourful intro. Lots of really orange pumpkins, and it was like beautiful. And then well, as soon as night hit, and they were under a blood root moon, you had yeah. purples and yellows. Well, they, yeah. And so they made a. Well, they made a very bold yeah. and conscious decision, and I don't think it was done in post. It looks like they actually shot it polarized, essentially, and well, then they would have tweaked it a bit in post, I think. Um, but yeah, it was a very bold decision. Um, one that, uh, yeah, depending on your palette, paid off or didn't. Because <laughs> you were saying, Tom, you quite liked it. it. It did, you know, it looked different and stuff in the second half, at least. No, I didn't like it. No, you didn't like it. Who was I sitting next to? Maybe it was Bruno. Someone said that they liked her. I think, he said, I think he said Bruno when we left. Oh, maybe Bruno. Like good times, so. Yeah, Bruno yeah. can't be with us because he's having sex Made right friends now. with a gothic chick. Yeah, so I, 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 the reason why this is hard for me is because I would actually give the beginning of it an eight um, because I loved the first half an hour to 40 minutes. I just thought it was really beautifully directed, very simple, some really nice shots. I thought the acting, the way he was directing the actors was great and the build was lovely. And yeah. then, yeah, it just goes fucking haywire. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I still think that that director, you know, I loved Bonnie Paul, like I said, and I like, I love a quarter of this movie. So I still think the director's one I, I will look out for, um, who is Bruce McDonald. The next film up that day was We Are Still Here, if I'm not incorrect. Am I incorrect? We have a schedule in yep. there. Yeah, that's right. We are still here. We are yeah. still here. It's a UK premiere. Uh, this is from the producers of The House of the Dead. Why would they say that? Um, <laughs> <laughs> serve up a tense ghost story in the Italianate Lucio Fulci. Um, I, don't, I don't know about that. Um, anyway, after their teenage son is killed in a car crash, Paul and Anne move to the New England countryside to start a new life. But a grieving couple unknowingly becomes the prey of a family of vengeful spirits that reside in their converted funeral parlor home. Um, this was starring Barbara Crampton, who was a theme of the festival this year. Um, Very nice lady. And yeah, Larry Fessenden was in it as did well. You speak, did you speak to her at any point? What? Did no, she was staying at her hotel. She apparently thought she. She knew tried to talk to me twice because she really? thought she trying knew to me. wave him down this morning. All right. Really? Awesome. Uh, Al snuffed her. <laughs> twice. You didn't talk to her twice. No, because I. Didn't, it was one of those things where she so she came out of the elevator, and I could see her look at me, and then for whatever reason she started waving at me, and I yeah. just sort of looked behind me, and I realized no, she meant me. And then immediately at that moment, who she was meant to be meeting or whoever just suddenly turned up. And I thought, oh, she just, for whatever reason, didn't know who she was meant to be meeting and thought that I looked like a, you know, a dickish film guy. So maybe it was me. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then she met the, that guy and started talking to him. So I thought, okay, cool. Awkwardness, gone. And then as she stopped talking to him, she came, she walked over and started saying hello, hello to me as if we had been talking and knew each other. Right. Um, and me and my superb uh, balance of awkwardness just <laughs> kept looking down and <laughs> didn't look up and right. pretended that I didn't hear her. Um, until she went away. So you made her feel uncomfortable? Basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. I have that special ability <laughs> with girls. Of all wow. ages, apparently. Wow. I always yeah. thought it was just young girls, but apparently... Well, why would, did she ages. look good up close? She... Uh, I don't know. I wasn't looking her directly in the face. So okay. I was just... The floor. <laughs> so yeah, her first film at festival was We Are Still Here. Um, I give this a seven. Katie. I gave it an eight. Ooh, I liked the vibe. I give it a seven. This is one of my favorites of the festival. Yeah. Ooh. Christopher, really like I'd go eight as well. Yeah. Eight, yeah. Chris, really enjoyed it. When you start us off, what did you yeah. like about We Are Still Here? Um, I like the setting. I liked the, uh, the opening shot was actually really nice. What was the opening like, shot? It was. It had like um. It was the wind was going across this 
a really vast open field of snow and it uh, just looked really yeah. cool. That was nice. Um I liked uh the uh the I guess monsters involved. I don't wanna say anything to yep. spoil them. The but spirits. yeah, they were very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, you said the spirits were not again, not to give stuff away, but were kind of yeah, fuck it, I'm not going to say it. All right. Um, <laughs> well, they yeah. were influenced by the fog? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Um, Tom, why, why is this one of your favorites? Then? I, I just really like the... I like the, st- I like the, st- the style of it. I like the feel of it. I like... Um, I think somebody mentioned this in one of the Q&A afterwards. I like uh, that it was an older central couple that wasn't just screaming teenagers running around. It was... Yeah. A, um, a, a grieving uh, mother and father. I just kind of—it's like that. It just Im- that immediately made it uh, more interesting as a dynamic. And then when you know their friends come of a similar age, just like the director said, it's interesting to see how you know he he made the point about how you know if he had seen a ghost when he was twenty, he would react vastly different than how he would react now as a sort of 30, 40 year old. Yeah, I quite like yeah. that idea, you know, and how they they don't act in a typical way. They don't respond yeah, yeah. in a typical way. Yeah. To yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was funny. Great. But yeah, intelligently funny, unlike most mm. of the films that were funny. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you 100%. I kind of maybe should give it a 7.5 because that's one that I do, you know, being away from it now, it does definitely stand out. It yeah. had a, yeah. a very unique mood. It felt, yeah, mature. Um, and I, yeah, I really like these spirits. I thought they did a good job with them. Yeah. Um, I had that yeah. little sort of slightly offbeat, oddball thing going on mm-hmm. with the townsfolk. And yeah. Just, yeah. It was just a little bit. Oh, off kilter, which I quite enjoyed, and mm. the, the look of the house and the style of it, and all was right. It was exactly a little bit mm. Twin Peaks, yeah. yeah. It's exactly one of those films that I would love to see. Uh, yeah, just come stumble across at midnight, or you know, when you're on Netflix or something, just like the poster and watch it and be, oh, yeah. this is a nice little hidden gem. It's got a very cool poster as well. Like it does, this. yeah, yeah very nice old school, kind of a, a Ty West sort of style yeah. poster. Yeah. What do you think, Eddie? You like Um, yeah, I mean, not to reiterate what Tom said, but I, I loved that it you got to see a wide range of acting and um, it was really interesting because there, there was one scene with a younger couple and it almost got to that immediate sex point, but then it was nullified (laughs) and the director said something really funny afterwards where he found out that the one young girl that they had in here was actually a fetish model and he didn't know that (laughs) until after they had filmed and he's like, well, that was a missed opportunity, but I was really glad that it was a missed opportunity because the acting was really, really great. The humor was on point. Um, I loved that kind of awkward feel that you got from the the neighborhood that he shot it in and just the isolation and it was beautiful landscape. Um, the house that he chose was really great. You know, I just, I really enjoyed it. It was a solid eight in my opinion. Cool. Um, then we had two more films that night. We had James Wan's Demonic, which I find it funny that they're now slapping his name on anything he's producing <laughs> like that because if you've seen the trailer for this it's from James Wan the director of Insidious The Conjuring Saw it's like yeah he didn't I, God knows other than giving this film money <laughs> I have no idea what else he had to do with this yeah. film this was the European premiere it uh, was directed by Will Cannon um, uh, the cast was Mario Bello Frank Grillo a um, bunch of other people that I knew the faces but now I'm reading the names they don't ring a bell yeah. Um, and it is in the aftermath of a horrific massacre where five college students were brutally murdered inside an abandoned home. Detective Mark Lewis and psychologist Dr. Elizabeth Klein question the lone survivor of a ghost hunting excursion that seemingly went horribly wrong. Uh, I gave this five. I did as well. I gave it a six. 
Oh, oh your first yeah. one you did higher than me. Oh, oh well. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's just bog Taylor, standard. It's Hollywood horror. It's James Wan. You know exactly what you're getting. And I quite, I mean, I, I generally like most of those movies um, to varying uh, extents. I really like Insidious and The Conjuring yeah. stuff. So it, it's just, it's nowhere near as good as those, but it was, you know, it was all right. Did Chris? Um, yeah, I'd go with uh, five, I think. Five. Yeah, it was... Had some scary moments. Yeah, it was the only film that made me jump the whole festival, yeah, but I don't really jump. know how much talent that is. That's just loud noises. But yeah. not even as the, yeah, I don't really count jumps, but it was just, it was one of the most just, you know, balls out horror, horror ghost, yeah, she had, demon, yeah. like, you know, yeah. the <laughs> supernatural movies we got all weekend. So I think yeah. I just, I liked that. I almost so. gave it less than five to us because I, I, I'm with you. I love... I love I love James Wan a lot. I even like Dead Silence. I think there's good stuff in that. Um, I love Dead Silence. Oh, cool. yeah. We should talk about it. Um, <laughs> we, we, I remember watching it at yours. Oh yeah, did we? Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, the Conjuring's my personal favorite of his. I think that's where he kind of perfected that haunted house stuff that he just what, better than Insidious. Yeah, a lot better. No way. A lot better for no, me. A lot, no, lot no, better. No, no, no. Um, which is weird because they're, <laughs> they're both exactly the same film, essentially with some of the same cast. They both have Patrick Wilson. <laughs> yeah, always, which is yeah, really so, weird. Yeah. And then it would come out the same year, and you'd have yeah. what was it? Insidious yeah. 2 and I still get scenes from those movies mixed up in my head yeah, yeah. I think it's one very one easy. With, yeah. Um, not I much prefer The Conjuring um, but this to me felt like the sequels to his saw um, it was just one of those it just felt ugly with sort of TV movie cast and ugly shot and just I really it jumps around in time um, from when the event happens and when the kind of interrogation happens afterwards and for me, that just every time there could have been any tension, just diluted it immediately because mm. the actual event is sort of sort of found footage, um, yeah. And then the rest of it isn't. And they, yeah, so every time they kind of build up to a scare, they suddenly will jump to uh, Mary Bellows, the lady, isn't it? And it yeah, yeah. Um, her finding a tenth way to say, and what happened next? <laughs> and I just got so fucking bored of that. It was just, and the ending, I just thought was so stupid. It didn't make any sense whatsoever. Uh, but no spoilers. Mm. Um, and then the last film that night was Jerusalem, yeah. the European pleasant, premiere. Pleasant surprise, I yeah. for me at least. Yeah. So this was uh, fuck. What are these guys done? Uh, Russell, <laughs> can you the check out what these brothers. guys have done? Paz brothers. <laughs> um, I've forgotten already. So this is an Israeli film. Um, I'll just read out what it says here. Old Testament legend meets new terrorist reality in the latest shock sensation from the burgeoning Israeli horror explosion. Apparently, combining traditional cinema and ultra realism with modern technology. This is a weird write-up. Uh, while visiting Jerusalem, three American tourists find themselves trapped within the city walls and an apocalyptic event spreads throughout the Holy Enclave. And I think that's what we really should know about it. Um, it is found footage, however, uh, but in a unique way. It's found footage with Google um, Glass. That's what you call it? Yeah. It's just Google Glass. Yeah. The only other film they've done is Phobidilia. Phobidilia? I don't know that one. Yeah, so that's what I forgot. The guy who did Landmine Ghost Click, he did a film called 437 Degrees or something, which I've seen that. It's about some 237. 457 Fahrenheit. 457 <laughs> <laughs> We were just converting it. Oh, my God. Which, yeah, was about some people trapped in the sauna. Um, <laughs> and I've watched that film. It was, I want to see that. It was, yeah soulless but okay um i really fucking like jerusalem and i wasn't expecting to it was a late night film you're always a bit worried about late night film because it goes on till two in the morning nor whatever one something um and then when i saw it's found footage i was kind of excited but then most found footage is shit <laughs> but i gave it a seven a 7.5 um so you? did i 
Stop uh, I, I missed it because I was in the club. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I was in the club getting, your getting more than alcohol. Tipsy. Yeah. Uh, Chris, what do you get? I give it an eight. Yeah. Russell yeah. Talks you give it an eight. I nice. really enjoyed it. Yeah. And since Russell and Anna yeah, weren't around, uh, so were around, uh, what would you guys give it? Shout! 5.5. Oh. Russell, can you can you get up here then so we can have a bit of an argument about this? <laughs> um, yeah, I have no strong feelings about it. Just <laughs> it, it was fine. It was fine. It just just didn't excite me as much as, as didn't arouse I, I'm you. I'm not a huge fan of fan footage in general. The glass had some good ideas. I really liked the kind of the fact it was filmed in Jerusalem. I really liked the religious kind of um, end days in a in a like Judaism context. Mm. There were there were cool monsters, but it just didn't have enough in there to really excite me any further than that. I didn't really like the characters all that much. Okay. Um, I think I'm being a bit harsh. Surrounded <laughs> <laughs> out with that. Um, I think I'd give it a six or a six point five. I think it would have made a really great short. There were some really good ideas, but there was yeah, a yeah. lot of yeah. running around screaming. Yeah. So. Yeah, and the, the, it got slightly irritating when they were just running around some more and not doing anything and just being like, ah, and they had this really long introduction where you just had them partying in Jerusalem for yeah, far too long. It was too long. It didn't tell you anything about the characters. Yeah. It was cliched. It wasn't particularly believable. It didn't make them likable as people. Uh, I think, um, uh, I, th- I, I thought it did. I was bloody friend. Yeah, she's pretty great. Uh, I might cast her. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um... <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I agree it was too long, and I think the beginning was definitely what needed trimming. It needed to get to the fun stuff quicker. Um, but I do think it built the characters pretty well. I believe whether they're likable or not, I guess it's just down to personal taste. But mm. um, I thought it was, I thought particularly the guy who's, to be honest, a bit of a dick and is kind of leading them around, um, I thought he was funny and entertaining. Um, the, the, the problem with this, because it's found footage, which is hard enough anyway, because you have to be a good actor to do found footage, you know, to make it believable. This is Google Glass, so it means they're looking directly into camera all the time, basically, because they're looking into this girl's eyes. So you have to be really, really good to be able to handle looking into camera and act. And I actually felt most of the cast was superb at that, other than the lead guy, who was fucking awful at yeah. it. He was so awkwardly filmy, his every sentence from him just made me uh, just cringe. It was really bad. Um, but luckily, he's not in the movie um, uh, all, all of the movie um, <laughs> well yeah you'll see it's not as yeah, simple as that I think had I had one of Tom's milkshakes beforehand I would have really enjoyed it a lot more yeah. Yeah. please can we not say the same as Tom's milkshakes <laughs> um, <laughs> they bring so many people to the yard <laughs> it, went, it fucking went for it though this film which I really respect it again I don't yeah. want to give spoilers because um, it's a, I think it's a great movie but um, it went it does things that you don't necessarily think it's going to do um, and the Google Glass is cool because Google Glass I, I mean I'm presuming this movie had a lot of fucking investment from Google or sponsorship they it a smart glass when yeah. she smart glass yeah. they didn't actually call it Google but smart glass yeah. is the thing that you get um, you know like you get on your tablets isn't it from Microsoft can you oh, use that with your Xbox it. It? yeah mm-hmm. um but yeah, I presume they got a lot of sponsorship from that because it fucking sells them like crazy. It really does. They look amazing through the film. I can't presume, I presume that they work um, anywhere near as, as well. No. But it's starting to attach because as she's walking around, it basically attaches to people's faces, which is great. So you get bits of information pop up of random strangers or of her friends and things, which is such an intelligent way to give across info. Um, and then you can use it when, you know, when things go dark and stuff is potentially in a room with her as it tries to attach to the faces in the darkness, um, which they didn't do enough with that stuff. Um, but what they did do, I really, really enjoyed. And I've, I felt it was basically like a cross between Wreck and Cloverfield, not as scary as the first and not as fun as the second. But um, 
a good amalgamation. I think as a short, it could have been scarier. I think as a rec piece, it it would have had more oomph to it mm. because you would have cut out all of the droney party stuff, or yeah. at least a ch- a major chunk of it, and then yeah. you would have moved into the scarier elements quicker. Yeah, I think, and there would have been had to be more punchy. It was definitely one of the most. It's a, you know, it's a fucking horror film. Yeah, um, so the festival. Plus, I really appreciated that the the Paz brothers uh, beforehand they were discussing how they had very little funding and therefore they weren't able to get rights to film in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, no, or, no, I don't think we should say this because technically what they did is illegal. But well, I, so okay, well, with the money, the budget that they had, I was very impressed with the, yeah. the scenes that they got. Yeah, I honestly thought it was going to look really cheap, and it doesn't at all. Yeah, it looks yeah. Well, it would be, I find, think it would be very interesting to see it outside of a fight fest context. I suspect I'm being slightly grumpy. So <laughs> I was still pissed off from Landline Goes Click. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was a rough start to that period. day. Hellions uh, again didn't really excite me. So in that day, there was like high, a few highs. Like we asked still here was was very good the was really was only very watchable mm-hmm. but i think yeah. by that point in the evening i was just like you know what <sighs> can't yeah. be bothered and if i could if i watched it again like on its own i'll probably see in a better fair enough it's true it was All a right. tough day to be honest that was the end of friday uh let's do saturday in this this one and then we'll then we'll split the podcast uh, so Saturday, 29th of August, uh, kicked off for us with. Cause some, can someone bait. be on that page? That's cool. What did it kick yeah. off with? Bait. Bait. Oh, oh yeah. The, this was a preview. This, uh, this is a British film uh, directed by Dominic Brunt, cast with Victoria Smurfett, which is fucking amazing. That name <laughs> is brilliant. Smurfett. It's her genuine second name. Sure Joanne Mitchell, Jonathan Slinger, Rula Lenska. Well, she's not going to listen to it. Adam Fogerty. Um, uh, blah, blah, blah. I'm just going to read what it says here Dominic Brunt's impressive second feature after the beloved Emmerdale actor took the genre by storm with Before Dawn it's a tense female revenge saga a frightening true life crime thriller graced by a scalpel sharp screenplay and extraordinary performances maybe skip that part when you read <laughs> these and just go into it two women who dream of opening their own cafe in a work depressed northern town go to the wrong person for a loan in this chilling Allegory of the economic brutality independent businesses face within the austerity-led <laughs> banking system. <laughs> Who wrote that's this that's stuff? what I want from my horror movie. Uh, I give this a three, Katie. Uh, I gave it a four, even though I really hated it. I, I missed it because I, I was in the four. club. <laughs> Tom was still, still injecting himself in the at that time in the morning. Uh, Chris, what did you give it? I missed it as well. Oh, fuck. All right. So, oh, Russell yeah. and Anna, you guys <laughs> liked it more Big than me. Ben. Yep, exactly. Me and Russell actually almost had an argument about this yesterday. So, Russell, what would you give it? I get a six. Russell, give it a six. Wow, Can we hold out? really? Let's hold out your yeah. mic too. All right. Um, so, Russell, explain yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, Al, before you came in, like half an hour late. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I, so, you have these two female characters who I actually, um, who you spent a lot of the beginning of the film just getting to know. So, intersperse the shots of like um, uh, collections agents, whatever they're called. Loan sharks. Loan sharks. Come and go and beat <laughs> people up. You just got to know these two ladies and, and their cafe. And then you saw and saw lots of people's different situations getting into debt. You had this almost very extreme comic book character who started off and you didn't know whether he was a bad guy or whether he was a good guy. And you just saw him selling people loans. And as the film went on, it became very clear that he was one of those two. I, I don't know if I can say, say anything more without being massively spoilery. Um, and so you got to see this kind of like progression of his character and and how this panned out for all of the people he was involved with in this small community, many of whom were in debt to him. So, yeah. Sounds thrilling. Why did you like 
I, 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 I wouldn't go as far as thrilling. I thought it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was quite absorbing. I, you know, it wasn't cheerful. It was pretty bleak. Um, I don't think it, it was, was bleak, though. That's the thing. That was part of my problem with it. But anyway, sorry. Continue. Go. Carry on. Expand. So, Come yes. Back. All right. So, to be fair, I fully am aware, and I said this when I came out, um, for whatever reason, I'm a little bit racist towards some English films. Um, and this type of film just does nothing for me. It's it's very soap opery to me, um, just with blood, which doesn't make it interesting um in my opinion i think um, eastenders with added blood would be really interesting this is what I mean. coronation yeah, some, street with added blood but this is what really i mean some people love that shit and this film when it finished had the biggest round of applause at that point the festival had had so far That's uh, really yeah people were cheering and were really into it and so honestly i'm not you know i'd love to argue with you about it but i realized for whatever reason I couldn't be less interested in this kind of film. And it's so, not because of what it's discussing at all. I, and I it's really not quite, because of I think of what the, I quite liked about it is partly the soap opera-ness that you say, but the fact that you had lots of characters who were just getting on with everyday lives in this shitty situation. So you had a lot of the first half hour, hour, were just people discussing shit that was going on around them, not talking about anything in particular to do with the film. So it built it up in a very natural way. And the main characters were, were fairly kick-ass in a bad situation. <laughs> and no point did I have that thing I usually do of like, oh, why the fuck are you doing this? Just do something insensible. I did. I did. I had had a lot of that. Particularly at the end, again, not to get into spoilers, but when when they enact a plan of revenge, shall we say, it was the most, to me, it was just ridiculous. I I kind of felt that would be the the kind of plan one would enact if if a a real-life situation like that occurred. It's not well thought out, but then humans, when they're being threatened, probably don't think out. Yeah, I didn't. I just, I don't understand why it has to be based around women having to use their sexuality to have that turn of the frame of mind. Like, they, they, there was no reaction to their plan. It was like they got together at one point in, in their story and said that the plan that they came up with, it didn't seem like they actually thought it out. It, like it just seemed like they were like just... mishmashed it together and then just went with it. Sort of. Yeah, and I think that's a, I mean, as these situations go, I don't think that I would have like Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone. I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to put a paint can on a rope and I'm going to swing it in his face. But you were just saying how smart you thought these women were. And they had, they had things on the line. They had people that they, the only people in the world that they cared about on the line being threatened. And they threw a plan yeah, together. I'm it just felt so like they had full so days. I, I don't think having smart characters equates to having people act in a smart way in, a, in an extreme situation. I don't think that's in, that's not a logical argument. You can't say smart people always act in a smart way in right. an extreme situation. That's no, but at the end of the day, it's a film about a pretty ridiculous ending, and it should it sh- the characters should be engrossing in some way, and instead they were just dumb. Just really, really dumb. And in a way where you spend the whole film sympathizing with them. And yeah, I, I fucking, I actually love, I don't love the setup, but I love, there were older women in an unusual situation, uh, but something which a lot of people could probably relate to as well. Mm-hmm. And it was taken to an extreme. And I think there's very interesting things you could do with that. And I think the two ways you could go is either Tarantino and turn it into fun schlockiness, or you could go very serious and get grim and gritty and deal with it how it really probably is in real life. And instead you had this, yeah, East End so, baddie who was just so So did you not think it was grim and gritty? No, not at all. I thought it was cartoonish. That's what I said to you when I came out. That was my problem. He was just so cartoonish and like an EastEnders baddie that it just, it was ridiculous. And it was was kind of, watch out, someone's behind you. This is what I find very interesting because in the Q&A afterwards, the guy was like, it's based on real cases. This is what happens. This is based on real Then I find it even more embarrassing that they didn't deal with it properly because I just, that sort of, it should feel scary then because these girls would feel terrified and I didn't, like it was nothing to do with their acting. Their acting was good, 
but I just felt the script was awful and I felt the direction was awful. I, I didn't have any problems with the script, but it's nothing I feel particularly strongly like I have to argue about. I I think it did a good job. I found it very absorbing. I found them likable and I found it well done, but it's not, you know, it's not anything I feel strongly enough to argue about any further. I, I, I really I really want to watch this now. You've really completely <laughs> sold, both of you have sold it to me. The friend was really funny. Yeah, I gotta check. This I can out. guarantee one you, of the you women was like really funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was good dialogue. Was, yeah, I thought yeah. so. <clears throat> anyway, that was bait. That was the first film <laughs> <laughs> on Saturday. Uh, what did what did we follow up with? Frankenstein. Yeah. Um, so for me, a tough morning. I I gave Frank <laughs> <laughs> I gave Frankenstein a four. So did I. So did I. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was Frankenstein. What about you guys? Yeah. What are you going to. Um, Russell's written down five. I haven't. Yeah. Any ratings, but that sounds about right. That sounds about right. So this was. Uh, pre- I mean, they they labored on this from the director of The Candyman. Um, it was starring Xavier Samuel from uh, Twilight. I don't know where he is in Twilight. Where is he in Twilight? No idea. He's, he's one, of the, one of the vampires that comes in that later on. He's also in the loved ones, which is. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, he's in loved ones. Um. And it was clear... The thing is, I think with this film, uh, Bernard Rose, the director, I think he did everything he wanted to do, which was the modernized version, uh, much closer to the book than most versions of Frankenstein, actual excerpts of the book read out in VO. Um, I just couldn't really give a shit. Danny Houston was in it and Carrie Ann Moss as well. Tony Todd, of course, turns up. Um, it it was pretty grim, but yeah, someone afterwards like in the Q and A then they said, Oh my god, that was full on like that was really I don't think it was full on or anything. It was just a bit tediously grim. Um <laughs> and yeah, you know, Frankenstein wears a hoodie and he successfully modernized it in a kind of yep. Yeah. It's it yeah. felt realistic. I mean I think he did what he wanted to do. I just I just couldn't care less. Yep. Yeah. Moving yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I yeah. think that was a missed opportunity and they had this section where he was talking about how he saw the human race as an outsider. He was like you know, I see increasing wealth inequality and the fact humans treat each other so badly. That could have been a really interesting thing to do that was a bit newer, yeah. a bit more timely. And he just, he had this fantastic one minute, two minute narration from Frankenstein. I was like, this is going somewhere interesting. From Sorry, from the monster, yes. <laughs> from the monster, yeah, yeah. No, um, I do that well, too. it's going somewhere interesting and then it just didn't go. Yeah. The, the, the thing that bothered me is it just reminded me because the VO just reminded me how beautiful the book is and how well written it is and it just made me want to read the book rather than watch the film. Uh, after that we had... Read books, kids. What film? Was that? Shut, Shut In. in. Shut In. This was one of my favorite films of the festival. Uh, European premiere. Uh, I give it a seven. 7.5. Yeah, I might give it 7.5 now actually oh, in retrospect. Give it- I give it a 7.5. This was one of my favorite Woo. films of the festival. I will join you on 7.5. Come on, Chris, be contrary. Come on. Chris hated it. I, no, I really didn't. <laughs> this, had, this had Rory Culkin, uh, fucking Martin Starr, in yeah. a stellar performance. He was great. And Beth Reisgraf. I don't really know. Reis, Reisgraf, I want to say. Yeah, I would say that. Or Reisgraf. Reisgraf. Where should I jump from? Anna Rock is isolated from human contact in nearly every way, which is exactly how she likes it. Suffering from crippling agoraphobia and holed up in an old Victorian mansion in the outskirts of town, the people in Anna's life can be counted on two fingers. Her terminally ill brother, Comrade, and the charismatic Meals on Wheels driver, Dan, played by Rory Culkin. But Anna's home is about to be invaded by a trio of small-time criminals after a hidden stash of cash. Um, So this is a film where, yeah, the less we say about it, in a way, the better um it i uh, for the first half hour or so i thought it was just good i didn't think it was great um mm-hmm. but yeah like many of the films this year it had plenty of surprises 
Um, and the surprises for me in this made it a stellar film and mm-hmm. very, very memorable, certainly. Um, it was very funny as well. Great uh, dialogue yeah. in it. I thought the uh, guy with the beard was hilarious. Yeah, yeah that's Martin, Martin Starr. Starr. Yeah, yeah, yeah Martin Starr. I thought I genuinely thought that was a career-defining performance for him. Um, yeah. Uh, Tom, one of your favourites? Yep. I Yeah, but you can't really say... No, I can't really say why without spoiling it. <laughs> yeah. um, it just, it just, I liked where it went, how it did it, and I was in love with the lead lady. Yeah, she was fantastic. She was awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. All right, we'll yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this is one of those films I said to you afterwards. You know, at the when I was in my early twenties, I probably would have sat through it no matter what. But at my age I am now, I probably would have. I wouldn't necessarily, but for watching at home, I might have stopped it before it got to the reasons that it made it one of my favorite films yeah. at the festival. I so mean, even, even without the sort of, you know, the where it, where it eventually goes to, the, the, the sort of central premise, which, you know, you get within the first 15, 20 minutes, so it's yeah. not really a spoiler, is that, you know, it's a home invasion movie with an agoraphobic, what is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Which is interesting enough in it, on its own, you know, yeah, like yeah, the yeah. idea that, like, you know, there's guys invading your house and the front your- door is lying wide open, like yeah. you can't, you still can't leave. So yeah. it's, you know, it's really premise. confined within this big old house, which is, you know, really interesting anyway. And then it, you know, proceeds to kind of build on that in interesting mm-hmm. ways. It certainly does. Uh, it was really nicely made as well. She had a great character. She had a very multi-dimensional yeah. Yeah. in her development um, of that character. That's annoying because I, I did have a few flaws with it, but it's impossible to discuss <laughs> without yeah. going into I really yeah. liked her uh, her dress, her funeral dress. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, it was really, really nice. lovely. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I was wondering a nice, how you order those things online and they fit so perfectly. It struck a nice balance between grieving <laughs> and sexiness, yeah. I thought. <laughs> Which is the qualities yeah, Tom's always looking for in yeah. a lady. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, so yeah definitely check out Shut In Um, and you can check out most of these films to be honest for the next couple of months because they all seem to be coming to digital or DVD or whatever in the next couple of months so have a Google Uh, what's out uh, what was after Shut In Rabid Dogs Rabid Dogs world premiere uh, the new film from the guy who did The Horde a few years ago Um, it's a French movie this was the first of our French movies wasn't it I think Uh, so yeah this one's confusing because it's kind of sort of a remake isn't it of a Mario Bava film. Um, but anyway, uh, as a minimalist and wild masterpiece, yeah, which they've remade. Um, what's it about though? It's about a bank job bank gone wrong. Gone it kind wrong. of joins, because remember when Reservoir Dogs came out, that was at the time the only heist movie to not show the heist. Um, well, apart from the film it ripped off. Yeah. What the, which one was that? The, the Japanese film, wasn't it? Yeah, but I think, I think you do see the heist in some of that, just brief snippets uh-huh. of it. Because um, okay, the first one, you never see a shot inside the actual bank. Um, and rabbit dogs, you don't either. You don't actually see anything no. inside the bank. And it starts off with a heist, and then they're on the run. Um, pick and up some hostages. This pick up some hostages. And essentially, it's a very straightforward film, mm-hmm. really. Um, there are a couple of nice surprises in it. Um, very stylishly shot, um, but definitely more of a thriller than a horror film. Um, what yeah. do you guys think about this? I gave it a 7. I gave it 7.5. I give it 7.5. Ooh. Ooh. Me and yeah. Tom are matching. Look at Tom. No. Such a positive personality. <laughs> uh, Chris. I'm going to go with an 8. Oh, fuck me. Yeah. Just I just want to piss all over Tom 7.5. I thought you liked this film, Tom, didn't <laughs> you? <laughs> it was one of your favourites at the no, festival. Nothing gets an 8. <laughs> <laughs> no, it turned uh, out to be uh, one that I would like to watch again for yeah? the reasons that, yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah. What do you like about them? Um, I, the, I don't really want to spoil it yeah, in okay. any way, but... Um, it has a reason it, for what I'm saying. Like, you actually do end up wanting to watch it again to okay. look back 
through it to, to kind of reflect yeah, pick on it from up a different on, yeah. perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tom, was it one of your favorites? I just say, I mean, I like French, gritty French films anyway. And it was just, like, yeah, it, it just did what it did well. It's just a meaty crime thriller with uh, interesting characters. And it had a good pace to it. You know, it kind of, they kept picking up hostages. So it kept it kind of fresh, mm-hmm. I guess. And it just kind of trundled along at a good old pace. And, you know, I liked how they, you know, you have the stereotypes of the, of the, the criminal gang sort of set up early, but then they kind of share, uh, yeah. you know, change as they go on. And the guy who you think is the kind of crook with a heart of gold maybe isn't so. And there's the psycho guy who's maybe not as clever as he thinks he is. And, you know, just there was enough there constantly to keep me interested. And it has that road movie template as well. So they're yeah, always yeah, moving yeah. forward always, always moving to a different yeah. Some surreal locations The as locations well, were great. great in this. This was the, one of the ones that stood out to me were, were the locations in this. And they yeah. chose some very interesting spots to have the, you know, them to have to, you know, break. Interact and stuff. Yeah, and interact with the outside world. Um, my only shortcoming with this was the, I loved the look of the, the girl actress in it. The oh. only girl, pretty oh, much. Yeah. But uh, mm. they did nothing with her. Yeah, she was. And I, it was yeah. a waste. There's basically one girl in the film, and she is completely useless. She doesn't. She's introduced she's, by yeah. her legs pulling tights yeah. on, so I presume she was a hooker, which yeah. she wasn't. Yeah. Um, she's not she only was a newlywed. A hot woman. I presume buying sexy clothes for her husband, and that's yeah. what that scene was yeah, about. So. I don't know. Yeah. There was a flashback scene with her naked in a bed. Yeah, then for no reason. Yeah, there's a. Which I wouldn't have a problem with, but she, she does nothing it's in the movie. It's beautiful, but for no reason. But she does nothing yeah. interesting no. yeah, in the movie They could have all. given her something. She doesn't even have dialogue, really. Yeah, which was a shame. Um, but yeah, Rabbit Dogs. Yeah, yeah. see it. Was World premiere. That one. That was mm. a treat. You guys like that one? Couch. Demographic. Yeah, I, I like the, uh, the performance of one of the lead characters. You like ex- <laughs> Excellent. Well Excellent. Done. Nice and specific. Um... Blue eyes, Subby. Is that what we're the, main, the leader of the gang, the main fella. No, 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 no the older guy, the, the old hostage. Guy with, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, he was father. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought he was a. It, that was that was a good performance. He was great. I mean, yeah, I like him. he was great. He was in Sahara. And He's in Sahara. Oh. He is, yeah, as the bad guy. You're not talking about that classic Matthew McConaughey Indiana Jones beater. I am, yeah. With the well, awesome they, soundtrack. Well, oh, they, it they, genuinely <laughs> has a fucking brilliant soundtrack, that film. They do, and where they burn heavy metals to get rid of them because they go into the atmosphere and that's safe. It's a great movie, that is. That is so awesome. they have to realign their decision-making paradigm, which is a thing that we say on a, like a... I'm really frustrated people can't properly hear the awesome. I know. <laughs> you guys need to have a microphone. Um, there's no chairs upstairs, are there? That's another... Is this like the only... Probably. Scoot there's scoot this table over. There's a beanbag. <laughs> we need to just cuddle, cuddle up I on the beanbag. The beanbag We're the most, it's called Fat Boy it's in the giant. biggest tag possible. The tag's the size of my fucking forearm. Um, and it's the biggest beanbag ever, just sitting ominously in the corner of the room. You guys are sitting on a futon. Um, you could just move it forward. They weigh like four pounds. All right. Yeah, rabbit dogs. Next, next up was a UK premiere of some kind of hate. I can't no, believe that was sad. Oh, was Deathgasm? Ne- oh, yeah. yeah. Deathgasm should have been. Yeah, we should have ended with it. Um, so Deathgasm was up next. This is a UK premiere. Um, had an incredibly long intro where they were really bringing it up as the greatest film of all time, basically. Yeah. Um, People made it, though. Yeah, the director was agreeing. When he, when he said, when the guy said to him, so you've, you've made the best metal uh, horror film of all time, he's like, yeah. <laughs> okay, maybe. Um, he said that the soundtrack for this would be in every 
big metals bands like yeah. the stereo of their car yeah that they're tall buses. He, he seemed like for, a nice enough guy he felt like it was valid but this is a new zealand film um <laughs> from the producers of housebound and frankenstein's army which are both very different but good films yeah. um, i really enjoyed housebound last year yeah so it's when thrash well sorry when metal thrashing outcast brody meets a kindred spirit in zach they start their own band deathgasm soon the duo's resentment of the suburban wasteland leads them to sheet music said to grant the ultimate power to whoever plays it but the music also summons the ancient evil entity aeloth aeloth yeah. uh, the blind one who threatens to tear apart existence itself with their team sorry with their classmates and family inhabited by demonic forces uh, more demons that turns him into psycho killers can the wicked force be stopped devouring all mankind by metal really which they don't add in here uh i give this a seven katie i gave it an eight holy shit tom i give it a seven mm. it was a 6.5 oh. and i upgraded it to seven just because it i you know because i'm a metal fan and I you are a metal it. fan it's, it's heavy metalness and it's in jokes it's in yeah. yeah christopher eight. Ooh, yeah so generous so generous. Yeah, I loved it. Years of Fright Fest will batter that optimism out of you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, Tom, you're the, well, you and Russell, who's in the room, are the proper metalheads here in terms of. Uh, I don't know. Oh, you're a proper metalhead? Sorry. I don't know. You never talk about it. So, how do I know? <laughs> well, it's not the first thing I ask people is, so how do you feel about metal? <laughs> we were just toasting Satan. <laughs> I just presumed that was a religious thing. I didn't think anything. Um, all right. So, you three. I like the fact that before it started, I turned to Russell and said, death to false metal. And then they actually said that in the film at one point. Yep. So yeah. it's quite yeah, like yeah, yep. uh, So how does it work? Because then we can tell you how it works for people who don't give a shit about metal. And you can say, <laughs> how does it work for people <laughs> well, who love metal? Metal, metal aside, well, I, I think one of the reasons I probably give it, oh, I don't know, I give it less than you guys. Um, but the, for the reason being that I find a lot of these films... Uh, start start off really well and the first half hour is like packed full of ideas and it's really energetic and it's really fresh and it's sort of zipping along and there's, mm. it's really funny and then the sort of halfway through they just kind of run out of steam a little bit and I think we get this with these sorts of films all the time detention comes to mind maybe it's slightly different yeah but it kind of you know these films start really yeah, yeah. really Particularly sharp with horror comedies yeah they, and it's like all they pack ammo. all the ideas into the first half and then by by the end it sort of just becomes by the numbers yeah. I think that's kind of why Darren Greer I love the first half of it I love I had the best I think this film had the best gag of the entire festival with the ambulance um, gas stealing scene oh that was yeah oh that was so, so funny uh, which I've just spoiled for everybody um, <laughs> but yeah so I think it was a film of two halves and I, I loved the, the yeah the metal uh, references and stuff no. and the soundtrack was amazing though. Well, so the soundtrack was good then because yeah, I have no idea yeah, no, but it's one of those things <laughs> where when you have films you know I've had films which are made I can't think of an example now but films which are made for me in terms of what I like with stuff but then the stuff they actually play is just so fucking staid and boring and like the commercial just... boring versions but it was, it was generally good metal Mostly, there were two impro- at least two impro tracks, which is yeah. always good. There were highs and lows. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's metal for you. So, <laughs> what I did like is that the guy who made it clearly likes metal, and it was a very um, it, it kind of indulged in the the, the humour was very inclusive. It kind of indulged in the metal tropes without taking the piss. Yeah, it was like he knew what he was talking about. Yeah, and he knew how to make it funny without being like ah, metalheads are stupid. Yeah, I thought I thought honestly, as someone who doesn't care about metal, it worked. In a very different way, but it did a similar thing to the film Frank, where it played, it managed to pay respect while also mocking at the same time, mm. which is a very difficult thing to do. Um, and yeah, clearly the director 
was very sincere in his yeah, passion yeah. of the subject. Yeah, I felt like there there was a bit in it, and one of Metallica's first EPs, I think, was called Metal Up Your Ass. Right. And this film finally brings that to its sort of natural <laughs> filmic conclusion. I've waited, I feel like I've waited my whole life to finally see uh, that uh, played out, uh, as it does in this movie, which I quite like. I struggle slightly because the um, Zach, the... Zach, the metal soulmate, was very, very reminiscent of my first boyfriend, so I had a, a large amount of Lucky personal you. embarrassment involved there. But apart from that, I, I enjoyed it very much. I thought he had a quite a lot of the Heath Ledger about him. Yeah, he did have a little bit yeah. of Heath Ledger about him. Yeah. Yeah. He had one of those faces that looks like it's made out of Play-Doh. Like it just like moves in this very yeah. Yeah, yeah, malleable yeah. way. It had my favorite, or one of my favorite girls for the well, whole I festival. I one of your favorite gags oh, yeah. of the festival, which was literally to do with gags. No, uh, girls. No, I know, but she had with that line, which was, um, that was the most you laughed in the festival. I which don't remember it. Gag reflex. Oh. That wasn't this one, was it? Yeah. No, was it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, right. It was the, not that girl, though. This yeah. is oh, not who I'm talking about. Yeah, the that was, girl. No, it wasn't. That wasn't her. She said that, didn't she? No, she didn't. It was the demonic girl, or the one that he kills. Was it the demonic girl? Katie's one? right, yeah. Yeah, because okay. yeah. it was the one who was... Doing oh, the gag reflex the thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of, I felt the ending for me kind of lost it. I kind of like Tom saying it used up some of his ammo, but it spread out enough. It had enough to keep it going. Yeah. Um, I saw, yeah, the ending was just a bit of a missed opportunity. I felt for they could have had more fun with it, but um, but yeah, it was it was. He wanted to make a bad taste type film, and it definitely was a bad taste type. It was film. a fun ride. Yeah, it was fun. Sure. Yeah. It was good. I would watch it again. Tom, yep. I just noticed behind you is some wine gums. Are those yours, Chris? Can we can we yeah. eat some of those? Could you could someone grab those wine gums? <laughs> Distracted by wine gums. And then the last film of the festival that day on Saturday was thank you Tom. Uh, was some kind of hate the UK premiere. It's got a cool poster this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my opinion, please don't be tricked by it. It's directed by a guy called Adam. His second name his middle name is Egypt. More timer. Uh, it'll start more more Mortimer. Sorry, Mortimer. <laughs> whatever more um, <laughs> cast was a bunch of people including the most excruciatingly handsome man I've ever seen who could what not act to save his life with you no you in terms find of ob- weird men really Come attractive on, that wasn't a weird man he was a pretty man objectively he looked objectively. like a dumb puppy yeah he was he was not attractive because he looked so stupid uh, and couldn't even stand up straight everyone loves dumb puppies same. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I get over them. Come very on, you quickly. can't say that objectively he wasn't pretty man. He was a model. Like clearly he's a model. Like he's stunk of being a model. It doesn't mean you find him attractive, but he's objectively an attractive. Very attractive. Yeah. No. I would not um, say he's the prettiest man I've ever seen. Um, uh, what was it about? It's about emos and suicide and yeah. bullying. Mm-hmm. Dawson's Creek. Dawson's Creek <laughs> with emos. Basically, it was about kids who had done something wrong and they go to this little retreat up in the hills around LA, wasn't it? Um, near LA, it looked like Topanga kind of yeah sort of place, and it was um, yeah there's a there's a ghost there basically, and then some nasty things happen. Emo ghost. Um, but it was just it was kind of there were some beautifully shot bits in it, um, and you could have maybe done something interesting with the premise, but it was just so so badly Terrible acted and mm. just I just you know, you couldn't care less about any of the characters in this film. Yeah. Mind. Uh, I give it a five, which I, now I think I should give it a less. But, uh, <laughs> I like to I see that poster, and I want to like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good poster. Know. Cool title as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. What do you guys give? I give it a three. Three. I give it four. Me. I'm gonna go with four as well. Yeah. I think plus points for the look of it 
um, the title, and I actually think the 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 main ghost girl is I quite like her as a new entrant to the kind of uh, horror body, like the actual character. Having actual, okay. yeah, her her power. You could what, use her in interesting yeah. ways. Yeah, I think that's cool. quite. I've really really seen cool. that before. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. The actual idea of it. Um, it's not to get into spoilers. Is is actually something you could play with and do something yeah. fun with. Yeah. Um, but they didn't do it in the right way. Mm. So, yeah, so did no. you? If, by the way, if we say anything, let's actually go. Since you don't have a microphone, if you just really disagree with how we're reviewing the film, just jump in and shout. Yeah. And then we can have a discussion. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. So no one really liked this film. That was the last one was Saturday. Um, yeah. That's going to close. Oh. Contrast to the last film, which treated metal in, a, in like a, a loving way. This one had oh, the yeah. director on stage being like, and he found, met the screenwriter, and he was this dude that loved Iron Maiden, but he was also really intelligent and knew literature. <laughs> and he'd been to university, he went to Princeton, and it's like, holy shit! I ne- I personally never knew that metal fans could not be anything more than troglodytes. It's amazing. Did he actually yeah. say that? He did say that. Because yeah. I was, I, I remember I was trying to not to listen because this was where they were doing extended Q and A's before the, mm-hmm. the, the movie, and it really annoyed me. So I was intentionally drowning out what they were saying. I caught a little bit of the, the writer being a metal fan or something, but were they actually saying what it was a surprise that he could write movies and like metal? Yeah, right. they, they said... Um, Real respect there for yourself. Yeah, the, the director said he'd gone to meet the writer and he was this guy who'd been to Princeton and he was really intelligent, but he was wearing a metal T-shirt. Oh my God. Things didn't add up. Yeah. Um, right. So yeah, one yeah, weirdly, it was back to back. It wasn't that a film about people, kid, a kid really into metal. And he had almost exactly the same scene where he gets a stupidly pretty girl um, who clearly was from a different world uh, to listen to the metal. And she basically orgasms while listening to it. And then he says why it means so much to him. Only the difference was Deathgasm had this very honest <laughs> scene where clearly it was him speaking from the heart in quite a bit of way. And this one had this painfully, yeah, just tragically insincere Dawson's Creek kind of monologue stealing from you Russell you are How do you but like then that? that's that's How so do you true like that? it was like Dawson's Creek but with it was like, but the difference is I like murder. Dawson's Creek <laughs> no Dawson's Creek with murder is I know what you did last summer <laughs> anyway um, that was the end of Saturday end of the first part as well I need a bathroom break we're out